You're listening to Prep Insider Radio with your hosts, Tommy Morris. Good. This is nothing to do with Sage Creek Baseball, I'm sorry, but have you seen a series of fortunate events? Christian Pedersen. I mean, I'm out here grinding. I'm putting in hours. I'm getting there at 5 a.m. to cheer on the water polo team at practice. I'm showing up to our basketball team. I'm showing up to our football games. We don't even have a football team, and I'm supporting that. Noah Laxina. And Noah Laxina's number three tip for Valentine's Day is... Chill, man. Things are going to be all right. All right? You don't want to force it. Let it happen. You're going to be all right. And Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. I mean, he brought basketball into that one. I got to give him 9 out of 10. I like that. Sat down. What's yeah. up, everybody? Welcome we back were, to San Diego Prep well, Insider. Right. Yeah, we're recording already. I don't um, this do that. Okay, it's good radio. We're right, still figuring we all this yeah, stuff yeah, out. Yeah, I figured it out. All right, so in studio today, everybody that can be is myself, Noah Laxina. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Bodie DeSilver from Scorebook Live, the official digital content provider for the entire state, but we just like the San Diego CIF section. That's why they've got Bodie to focus on San Diego sports. You can check him out at SD Preps. Bodie, say hi. What's up? Tommy Morris is also here. He is uh, the theory of a meme that we are going to text out currently oh, to yeah. Danny Charles Mitchell. Yeah, so I got a uh, so I, I got my quarantine cut off on Wednesday, and I thought I had like sick, cool, long hair, and I sent a picture to everyone, and then apparently it reminded everyone of the meme guy. Uh, so I don't so, so the meme yeah. guy, we don't know who he is. We don't know what you he know. Does. He's, he's the um, the ancient aliens guy. Oh. All right, that's, that's Danny, so Danny, hold on a second because I want to get your reaction live on air. And I, uh, we'll, actually, we'll get everyone's introductions while I filibuster to find this text. But Danny Charles Mitchell, the new athletic director and head football coach at Christian High School, say hello. Hi, hi everyone. I appreciate you always using my middle name, too. Well, <laughs> Andrew, yeah, it, it, so, on, it just man. sounds so yeah. official. Uh, the other one joining us in the coaching ranks is Andrew Clark from San Pasqual. Uh, he has decided to ditch his uh, pirate beard motif that he had been going with through most of quarantine and is back to looking like our neighborhood-friendly version of Tony Romo. I've always thought that that was the look-like comp there, uh, an entirely visual joke for an audio medium. Always appreciate you guys following along. Coach, what's going on? You know, uh, the the pirate motif was more a wife decision to get rid of than mine. But you know, you you got to make those choices at some time. I'm doing well. Hope you guys are too. <laughs> Finally, we have Colton Toll, our new intern. Colton has uh, been the feature of the grind when he was with us uh, at, at Hilltop High School. Uh, Danny, I just sent you the meme, so I want your reaction live uh, on air, and I'll send this to you also, Andrew. Um, but Colton is joining us now as our new intern. Colton, you want to introduce yourself real quick? What's up, everybody? I'm Colton. I just graduated, and I'm ready to get this going. With you All right. Guys. So since graduating, Colton, who is an offensive lineman body type, you can just kind of picture that in your mind. Colton has sprouted his first adult uh-huh. mustache. And look, turn to the side, Colton. Turn to the side. Look at that oh, thing. That is disgusting. That is beautiful. That is disgusting. It's beautiful. Um, I love this kid already. The flow going. I love this kid already. It's beautiful. Uh, Danny's a lineman. He's going to come to play for us. Yeah so, yeah, so that's why we're happy to have this guy here uh, with us. Um, but, yeah, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, let me know once you guys get that text that I sent. I would love to know your reaction to uh, our Tommy who, who Morris the author of the meme. meme? Uh, like, I don't know who the alien guy is. No, no, who is the author? Who is the, I didn't write the words. Oh, I wrote it. You wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Coach Simons and I kind of penned that one out. Um, that's, uh, that's well done. All right, deal. Um, so let's start with that then, uh, Danny. And you can find out that you can see the meme that we will put, we'll post it all in good fun and good nature, uh, to, um, to our social media. So coach Gladnick, when you see it, we're like, 
There is no conspiracy. We, your coaching and, tree is thick. And, and no one make fun of me because Christian wrote it. Yeah, no, I, I wrote it. Okay. So, but Danny, how does it feel, man? Head coach of your alma mater. Um, you're the athletic director now. You're already repping a girls soccer championship in the back. So you're obviously a bandwagon Homer fan um, to, to be there. Christian, how does this Says feel? the guy in the La Jolla mask. Yeah. Oh, hey, right, right. Hey, I said they were going to struggle against scripts. I, I held it in there for a second. Uh, no, but tell us how it feels, man. Uh, I, I, first of all, I, I'm, Obviously, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind of this this whole off season, uh, but I always feel very fortunate to be back at my alma mater. Um, you know, my dad's been coaching here for 26 years. Uh, I grew up here, and uh, so I, you know, I, I was really excited for this opportunity. And honestly, the hardest part was the timing. And I absolutely loved uh, every moment at Torrey Pines. And Coach Gladnick was. I, I can't say enough great things about that man. And for him to be I mean, really to have his blessing to say, Hey, Danny, that's an opportunity. I really want you to, to go and take and, and, and have his full support and our staff support. And, uh, and honestly that the last, it was last Friday that I, that I, I, I broke the news to the Tory Pines team and it was very hard. And at the same time, you know, I was, I was, in all honesty, I was crying in front of the team and they were crying. And, and that to me was a, such a, a hard moment, but also a, a moment where I'd only been there for five months and for our players to, to, to react that way was, was, you know, hopefully a, something I can bring here to Christian because, you know, I, I, that as hard as it was to leave and, and the memes, right. I never got to coach a game with them, but I, it felt like I, I got to affect them for the rest of their life. And so that to me is, is what, what ultimately I, why I coach and, why I feel fortunate to be where I am. And now I get to do it really at home for me. I mean, I grew up here. I was a water boy at five years old here. So um, I'm excited, man. Yeah. Coach, I got to imagine it's probably a dream job for you, but you've had probably one of the craziest, I I guess, definitely scaling the most miles coaching career of anybody. Did you ever imagine that this would all kind of come full circle going from Europe back to here? And then, you know, it's kind of, you've been all over the place and it feels like you finally ended up where you wanted to be. Was was this a goal all along or is it kind of just like, it all just kind of happened? No, actually, not at all. It, it, it never was. It was never even in my target range. And and you know, I actually joked with Christian um, after the my first year at Bishops after we played Christian High. Um, I, I don't even know if you remember this, Christian. It was after the game. You and I came over to talk, and I said, "Yep, I'll probably never end up there now forever because of what we just did." So, um, yeah, of course. Uh, this was a, a, a full circle, but I feel so fortunate to be here and, you know, getting to see the people that are on campus here and the people I get to work with every day. Again, this is my second day, but it feels like I'm at home. And so there's definitely going to be a little bit of a learning curve for the culture and, and just uh, reacclimating because now, now I'm actually, I'm, I'm old now. I, you know, it's been 13 years since I've been in, in high school. And, uh, and so uh, just acclimating to this community again, uh, it, it just feels natural. And I just hope we get a chance to to get back on the field in, in all of our sports. So I want to ask you about that time on the field. So you're, you're calling throwbacks already. I will throw back to one of my favorite clips of you. And that is you 
damn near catching Tyler Buckner while he is running for a touchdown and you're running down the sideline, like give him the windmill fist pump. Like, yeah, yeah. I dialed up him scrambling for 85 yards. That's how I drew it up. Um, And you're, 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 and so Clay Petrie quotes it and it ends up being kind of a notable moment. Like everyone's like, Oh, that's, that's an unintendedly funny moment on the sideline. Is that going to change as the head coach? Will we see you doing that both on offense and defense? Now, are you going to dial back the athleticism a little bit? What's going to be your sideline presence? presence as the head man no you know i that's something i always was i've always every team i've ever been a part of they you know they always see i i I like to coach with a ton of energy and uh there are there every coach around this county has their personality and we got a great one on on the show right now with andrew right here you know i think there's there's just so many personalities and what i what i believe when you what makes you great as a coach is you own your personality. Um, you know, when I was a head coach of, uh, of the team in Germany, when we went undefeated, we won that national championship. I used to get made fun of for that too. Cause I would run down our quarterback, we run down the sideline and I'd be halfway on the field, just fist pumping. And, and, you know, that's the way I coached and, and, and why I like, play, I, I'm a passionate person and I don't think it'll change based on my title because I think, uh, I think I, I'm hoping what I've learned and I've held the head coach, uh, title twice. Um, what I've learned is the team takes your personality, both good and bad. So the only thing I'll dial back, you know, that I, I joke about that Germany team, you know, we were high energy. We, we, we de- definitely scored a lot of points and we were successful, but you know, we we're also the most penalized team. So that was, a, that was a learning curve for me, right? If, if you have a high energy team, there are things you got at 24 years old. I was just, Hey, let's, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go let's be as successful as possible. So, you know, there's things I've learned as, as a, as a coach that will definitely, uh, help me here at Christian, but definitely the passion is not going to change. And, uh, and when Tyler broke, I know exactly that was against Santa Fe in our first, in our uh, first encounter with him this last year, we ran quarterback counter out of, out of empty. And I saw him. Don't, don't, don't give me the coach thing. Don't, I get it. Sean McVay. You can remember all the plays. Don't, that, that's, <laughs> we don't need no, that. I just, you know, those, those are the moments that are so exciting to watch your players have success. That's what, that's what makes, what makes coaching fun, you know, to see them out there and, and, watching them run in the end zone and celebrate. I mean, I love that. That's why we do that. That's why we love football. So, uh, I'll yeah, g- I, g- g- I, I, I was going to give you a 10 out of 10 on that until you hit the one cliche, of, like trying to flex on me with the exact play call, but okay. Nine out of 10 on your first <laughs> like public response as a head coach, Tommy, you got a question. Yeah, I got, I got one specifically and then we'll open up the floor for everybody else. And this is going to be the most important question of the day. So you remember everything, right coach? So I want to know if you remember, December 2nd, 2005. Ooh, he's playing him at his own oh, game. The Christian Patriots beat the Hoyt oh, Intermittories 35 to nothing. You played quarterback. My brother was the opposing quarterback. He was a senior. That was a playoff game. That was effectively yeah. the last game of his football career. So do you want to apologize to my brother for, for oh, his career? Oh, wow. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> journalism. I love it. Oh, man. You know, well. Wait, so wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We're going to put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider. Did you know that there was a family level blood feud between <laughs> at D Mitch and at real Tommy Morris? I cried that day. So you made me cry, Danny. Well, you know what? No, well, there, there, was, there was, we played Parker two years in a row. We, um, my junior year, they beat us in the finals 16 to 7. I threw a pick. I, I threw a pick at the end of the game. We were, we were down 10 to 7. I'll always remember this throw. And uh, we're driving to hopefully take the lead. And, and uh, Parker's guy was wide open, and I threw it right to him. So that ended the game. And then, uh, yeah, in 2006, we ended up getting the chance to, to get him back on a 
a blatant clipping call that I saw. I don't know if you remember that game at all. When the game was ended on a they Parker threw a throwback screen, scored on the play. A flag was laying down, and then we intercepted it on the the next the next play to win the game. So uh, no, those were great battles. But yeah, I, you know, I would say I'm sorry, but but you know, I had, I had a little we had a little revenge from the from the junior year, but that's a long time ago. So. Well, I really, I'll I, accept the apology anyway. All right. Well, the, yeah, yeah, we, have, we have altered that. We have, we have avoided a blood feud for another, yeah. another generation. Um, Coach Clark, I want to say that it is good to see you. Um, it's always nice to hear from you. Can you be the one to though, take us from fun to serious real quick and just give us a little bit of your perspective and your uh, update on, do you still see sports on a possible return to play? Are you hearing anything? Help us kind of navigate because you are one of the higher up admins in, in terms of coaches associations. So maybe you can shine a little bit more light on how confident people are going to be that we're going to have some sort of a high school season. Sure. I mean, I was enjoying the 05 throwbacks uh, <laughs> randomly last night. Damon Baldwin sends me a text message. It's a picture of a North County Times article. It's 2005 of Ramona beating Sampa Squall at Sampa Squall. It's his first road win at SP. Um, I had to remind Damon that I was our JV offensive coordinator at that time and that we smoked them that night. Damn Inamidi, Harvard connection. But anyway, uh, take that, Damon. Yeah, we're, uh, I, I do. I feel better today than I did last week about us playing. I think the, you know, every district's going to be different. And that's part of the hard part in juggling all this is how different everybody's handling it. You know, um, you know, Danny's going from a public school to a private school, and that's going to be a different world. Um, and public to public even is, is, you know, for us, staying out of that purple tier is going to make a huge difference for public schools. Um, the reason being, public schools now have the ability to open with a certain amount, I think it's 8% of your student body on campus. And now once the public school does open, the tiers no longer matter in terms of the school closing back down. It's about community spread on campus. So if the school gets that ability to open, it can stay open kind of regardless. I'm sure there's a, a point in San Diego County where if it got real bad, it would, but it, it's about the community there at the campus. The positive is, I think that means a lot of schools are gonna get to open up for in-person workouts that haven't been able to yet. You know, that's something our district hasn't done yet. And I, I'm feeling really good about us here in the next two weeks, being able to get our kids back on campus and those small cohorts and, and doing things. And, you know, as football coaches, I know people that weren't getting to be with their kids were getting anxious about if we don't get them here soon and working on their bodies to get ready to play football, they're not going to be ready. You know, we can't just start December 14th and say in two weeks, we're going to play ball. Um, so I, I feel a lot better than I did. And I, I think that's not just a football thing. I think that's sports across the board. So is it the color system? If, if, what is the one thing that parents, players, admin, anybody can sort of look to that you think is the most trustworthy and reliable roadmap uh, for, for where we need to just be centrally watching? You said community spread on campus for returns, but what do you think is just the single most important marker to look at? Once schools open, it's schools staying open, right? If our schools are able to manage the kids on campus, because schools now have people there. They just, most of them don't have kids there. I know, I know some of the privates do, and there's some places where you have special needs groups that are already on campus, but if schools can open, and again, it's a small chunk of the population. I think it's 8% to start, and they're able to manage that. It's gonna let them build how their structure is gonna work when we bring more and more kids back on. And I think the next date after 
after Monday is, I want to say it's October 19th. And at that point, schools are allowed to go, if they've been all right, go to 25% of kids on campus. And that's a big jump from eight to 25. But if you can start managing those things, as long as we're able to keep meeting those thresholds, I, I, that'll be a telltale sign of handle playing sports. Do you see any scenario where there are sports, but no on campus? That, that's a tough one. I, I, I guess I do. Um, and I don't know if that's just me being hopeful, but I think that people realize how important students' mental health is too, not just the academic part. And part of that mental health is being able to get out and work at stuff they care about. Not that they don't care about school, but maybe something that stokes their fire a little bit more. Um, but if the reason schools are shut down is because of a higher number of outbreaks, then I'm not sure how you say we can still go out and compete. Last question I would say is, do you see a year where there is partial participation? Do you see something where, you know, 50% of the schools in San Diego account for who plays football? Like, is this going to be an all or nothing? Is there a happy middle ground? No, it's going to be up to, just like right now, how it's up to districts, whether or not they're doing workouts or, or what they're allowing. I, the same thing's going to be said for sports. You know, one district might feel really comfortable with saying, hey, our, we're in a good spot. We have the structures in place to handle this. Um, and whereas another might just go, look, our, our numbers where we are aren't good. And we don't feel that we can facilitate this as well. And, and they may choose not to participate. So, so then I want to ask this kind of to the room then, if you don't, I, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off time. I just, I want to get this while, while I have this thought in my mind is what does that season look like? If let's just draw hats and say, you know, X, Y, and Z districts don't play or chunks of those district majorities of those districts don't play. Does CIF have to talk about redivision, like cutting down the number of divisions? How do you handle that logistically? Is there a threshold for which, under that participation, you're just like, this is too much of a nightmare. Like, what do you, I, how do you guys react to that kind of a potential I, I season? I would say, let's say half the schools play, half of them don't. Then instead of eight playoff teams, you have four. Okay. And then you do it that way. Because otherwise, it, it just, you can't have everyone make the playoffs. I don't think that's fair. And then you can't have the, some of the teams that would be, in theory, competing for those spots not get, get a chance to do it. So I think you have to limit the playoff teams. I think what I've also seen in other stages is really smart. And I, I know this doesn't really tie in at all, but limit the amount of kids that. on the roster. I know it's great to have, uh, you know, 70 kids Ooh, on the sideline. That's a tough stuff. one. Mm. It's tough, but let those kids play. Maybe make make an exception for JV. Let some seniors play JV or something like that. And then, you know, you, you there's there's ways to like, get kids in the games and let them play. But if, if the numbers are an issue, having 70 kids on the sideline, then it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I would look at the league plays because you may have within a, within a league a couple different districts, maybe half the district plays – or half the league plays, half they don't. Maybe you just get rid of the league games and tell the teams, hey, f go find eight games regardless of who they are this year just so you can get games in because a full league play schedule may not be possible. I just feel bad for the kids because there's going to be some kids that, you know, get their opportunity to play, and there might be some kids who just because they're in a certain district don't get that chance to shine and show their talents. And I think that's going to be a very tough decision for everyone to make just because – you got one person who they might have two people. They might have the same talent. They might have the same, you know, work ethic, worked hard all, all off season to get to where they're at. And then one gets to shine and play. One doesn't. That's going to be very tough for them. Well, and so my, th my second thought along that lines, and maybe the coaches can answer this a little bit better, is we were talking about this a little bit last week where there was the we haven't seen this kind of a chaos since that one weekend where rain and lightning and thunder and 
the North County decided not to pl- count the games, and the, the South Bay played them, and there was a little bit of chaos because it dwindled the selection down from a 10-game sample size to a 9-game sample size. If we, w- if we are talking about a 6-game sample size because that's all that some teams can get, I- is that unreasonable to say that that should necessitate everybody makes the playoffs or some sort of expanded just leeway? Like, as, as football coaches, what would you guys be like? Would you be confident that six games you have enough you know, tape to show that your team deserves the playoffs or not? Go ahead, Andrew. You can take that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think if we get to a point where the season is cut to six, um, that's the, we weren't allowed to start on time. Right, something no, happened I, that didn't I'm let saying, us start I'm saying on it time. more of just that if if like if let's let's take one league out, let's take the avocado league out, and and how many games is that immediately removed from your schedule, and then you're not able to get those replaced because okay. those teams are playing. So I'm saying you play, you start on time, but then you have two bye weeks in the first four. Weeks some, right, kind of something like well, that. Well, I there's been conversations this week. It's it, they've been before that, but they really ramped up this week with CIF about what the minimum number of contests is going to be to qualify for the playoffs. Right, that rule's always existed across every sport. Um, for years for football it's been eight Um, for most other sports it's 15 games Uh, so what does that look like because of those reasons right you have somebody scheduled and they can't play or that shouldn't hurt that team but where do you validate the ranking Um, I know six has been the number thrown out for football and so that's going to be determined by CIF they're going to set it Uh, I think the problem becomes does it give enough data to the max preps rankings to be able to use those for a valid playoff seating. It's not that you can't show that your team's good, but if you had to, if you're in the avocado league and all you played were the league games, those are six tough games. And, you know, we're in the Valley and I'm not knocking any of the teams in the Valley. We're one of them. Those aren't the level of opponent that you're seeing every week in the avocado league. So uh, how do, can the Cal preps formula, work with that little data i'm not sure it might have to be something where we go back to a a coaches in the room and and making your case for who seeds where what do you think danny yeah no i i would 100 agree with what andrew just said i i I agree that there has to be some scale uh and that's a great example you know playing in the avocado league compared to another league is is totally different you know you could go one in five in that league and still probably be a top five team in san diego so uh i i absolutely agree oh we almost have to turn back the clock to mm-hmm. where maybe we take those rankings that 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 cal preps has and, and max preps has and then we sit down as coaches again and hey really try to hash it out there and you know i i do remember it that is something I think that, uh, that we saw even 10 years ago when you all of a sudden you'd see a team, well, why is that team that's four and six, the one seed? And then all of a sudden they, they go to the championship. Well, that's why, because the coaches sat down and we know, Hey, this is realistically where we're at. And, and these are, this is a, a, a totally different time. And, and I think obviously the goal right now is let's just get to that first game and, and as it starts going, we can figure it out. But like you said earlier, uh, Noah, I believe you said it earlier that this is about just finding a way for our kids to get out there and doing something. And Andrew hit the nail on the head when he said, this is about the mental health of our kids. And, and that is an absolutely mm-hmm. real reality right now. That is something that is happening. And it's, it is so sad to see that 
especially the senior groups that are missing out, but all, all the, every, every level, you know, just missing out on, on, on moments you probably look forward to for a long time. And especially in, in high tradition programs, um, it's, it's, it's just sad. So let's get to game one. Uh, coaches for both. This is a question for both of you. How have you guys been dealing with having that constant communication with your players and also having that com uh, communication with CIF just on updating them about what you guys hear and how are you preparing them for this season? I can go first on that because I'm brand new here. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to learn everyone's name first. So <laughs> first, you know, um, no, 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 I'm joking there. But uh, one way is, is right now we're just trying to, at least uh, how I'm trying to do it is uh, just check in with them to see how they're doing, um, how are classes going. If you're online, how is that going for you? How, how are your classes? We're fortunate right now. We're back on campus. And Andrew, Andrew I mentioned there's some private schools. We're one of them that get to be on campus. And we feel very fortunate to get to do that. But at the same time, we do understand there's a risk. So there are, there are things uh, that there are protocols that we have to hold. And even those protocols make it different. It's not the same as, as, as school used to be. So one of the major things is we're, we're checking in on them just mentally how they're doing. And, you know, we're, we're trying to fight for every way to, to try to find a way to, to get back to the field safely. And, uh, and we're, unfortunately, we're not allowed to, we're, we're not doing anything on the field. Whereas, you know, at, at, at maybe at other places you can create a club and, and find a way to, to get on the field. We we're, we're, we're handcuffed a little bit right now. So um, it's just, it, there are so many obstacles in the way right now. And I think if we, if we try to tackle all of them, uh, it, you, you put yourself in a spiral, but if your focus is on, Hey, Hey, I, I care about you. I, I want to make sure you are doing okay. And we're going to get through this together. Then we're going to, we'll take the next step after that. Yeah. And we're Danny should have coached at Sample school. I like, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. You, you better, your kids better know you care about them. And I think that's where any good coach is starting from. And it's been rough. We, we haven't seen our kids since March 13th. You know, we did a virtual spring ball. We did virtual summer. Um, what's a, pl a blessing for us is we have two uh, sections of a football class that, that are part of our daily schedule. It's virtual, but we're seeing uh, online, you know, 85 sophomores through seniors twice a week. Uh, part of that's asking them, hey guys, turn on your camera. Like, let's let us see if you're comfortable with it. If you can't turn the camera on, just let coach know, we'll figure it out. Um, but trying to maintain those things, we have a grade check coming up, which I'm a little scared about. One of our progress reports here is, is in a week. And, and what's that going to look like in terms of impacting eligibility? But it, it's it's making sure that your, your players so know you're there for them. If, if someone isn't eligible academically right now, when would they be able to return? Would that be they'd actually miss like one week of games right now, or when would the next grading period be? Uh, we have another grading period that will impact it first. Our next one, I want to say, is November 2nd. Okay, well, then that seems like this would be the scariest grading period of my life because I would have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide yeah. and nothing but coaches' focus and ire for six weeks. Right. And your parents. Um, and your parents. Yeah, but, oh, my gosh. You'd have to, <laughs> are you on Zoom? Are you on Zoom? You'd have to sit at home all day. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awful. Oh, my goodness but, gracious me. I, I agree. But I think it, it's made it harder because you don't see your coach every day who's checking in and saying, did you turn in that English assignment? Did you do that? Or, you know, there's just not that constant reminder. 
um, because you aren't going to necessarily see your O-line coach when you walk to history class. The district, the district hasn't sprung for hazmat suits for you guys to go like the Emmys people out there, like waving at your kids in the backyard and <laughs> like tapping on the glass all creepy. I'm watching you get to class. We're not there yet, but I did get a screenshot from one of our O-line coaches who has the Remind app and he's just on his guys in a, in a positive way, but the check-ins are happening all the time. And I, you know, it's good coaching. Uh, kind of off topic, but going back to the whole games thing, I've seen some of these are still on the schedule, the out of, the out of uh, section games. If, if you do run into situations, there's only so many San Diego teams. Is CF going to allow you guys to drive up to Orange County and play a game potentially, or Los Angeles play a game, or have one of them come down here? Is there any discussion on that at all? Um, it's not going to be CIF that determines where we get to go. It'll it'll be the State Department of Public Health, right? right. Um, they'd be the ones limiting. CIF's not going to inhibit who we can play outside of our normal rules. You know, like you can't play an IMG. They're not. Uh, Certified Dang by the it. State Association. I know you want to schedule them. Too. I know you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, good one for you. Um, Modern Day would like to get in our scrimmage. I'm friends with Amanda Waters. She's now the uh, AD up there. That sounds so weird. Ugh. That just sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Okay. Wait. 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 Let, let me ask this: Is she a villain now? Is have we reached the point where like she's a villain? Like what? Who? What is her parallel arc in a story that we can relate to people that might not know her right now? Where are we in this saga? I, I'm a Amanda's a good friend of mine. I she's, know, and I'm a fr- I'm friendly with her too. But we have to make this a caricature of of, of all this because. She left us for the big for the big leagues. Uh, we're we're like the we're the we we now feel like the small town like triple A team that uh, we get to see our superstar go on and uh, succeed at, at at a bigger better school and like comes back and I just I, I'm missing the like the exact context. It's it's one of those villainous. It's like the she's da- she's like the head of Dallas Carter now coming back to beat Odessa. When Brock Meyer <laughs> leaves, uh, when Brock what's the name of the city? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. Help us fill <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah. If you think of it, coach, uh, help us fill it out. Uh, I think my kind of other horror scenario slash question that I wanted to kind of debate and talk a little bit about today and coaches, I will let you bow out of this if you don't want anything to do with this, especially you, Danny. Um, but the idea of if, you know, let's say like right now, the Sweetwater district is really fighting against athletics a lot just to keep everybody safe. And right nor wrong, I don't care about that. Stop sending me your petitions. I'm not going to sign them. Like, I don't care. Um, I sent one petition. No one likes me. Dude, hundreds Maybe they don't want them. my name on them. Hundreds <laughs> of them. Yeah, maybe it's more detrimental dude, they are my name's flooding on them. the DMs with them. It's so stupid. Um, but if, if a whole district or something like that does not allow sports but still has students going online, how are kids going to handle transferring? How, how is that going to just like, it's going to be a flood of mm. potential nightmare scenarios. So it's going to be a little bit of a transfer topic. If you guys, like I said, if you guys want to bow out of this, totally respect that. Um, but I, I think this is also to me coinciding with, and then I will step out of the way is that Mikey Williams leaves this week under what premise and guys, I don't really know or care. Like he's not a part of the San Diego section anymore. So it, I don't want this to be a Mikey specific or football or anything specific, but I think it's time to, you know, really look at are it does the presence of transfer rules make it too much of a logistical nightmare in CIF and is the COVID excuse worth maybe 
the San Diego exception dipping its toes in a little bit more lax regulation of transfers and just does that culture benefit San Diego? I'll step back and let that because Tommy, you're your first thing. Can you imagine your first year on the job as a CIF director and this we have to deal with? It's awful. No, no, that is is a tough draw right there. And, I, and Clark, you wanted to be in that office potentially. <laughs> you were your name was circling in an orbit around some of those positions. Would you have? No, I no. Uh, nobody okay, would. Have yeah, I, that I don't. Job. I don't envy that spot yeah. at all. That is tough. You're you're just settling in. You probably have the most crazy situation that anyone's ever had to deal with sitting in that office. In CIF history. Also, it, well, it's weird timing because look, if, if we're starting in December like we're planning on, you're not. You haven't done your finals yet, so you can't. Or you're about to do your finals. So you're either going to miss like a week of practice and then transfer, or you have to transfer for finals, which is not plausible because you need to get the grades for whatever class you're in. Then when you transfer, you have to like, you come in midway through a year. It's hard, but if, if there's a way to do it, I think you got to let the kids go just because this isn't college. You can't just be like, we'll give you a year of eligibility on the back. So it's high school. You yeah, don't, you yeah. don't get an extra one. Well, so. and, I, and I don't, I don't think I want to debate the relevancy of that. Cause of course CIF should do that. That is a no brainer that they should make it easy for everyone to play this year. But I'm asking that, should this year is an experiment to see does that majorly shift the powers everybody oh, getting to just no, pick wherever you, I, allow maybe more open conversation that the san diego section should look more like the southern section or something like that where there is just a, there's less of a nightmare and a headache around transferring well i i think the only problem with that oh sorry is Coach. there is there because i i and, think our transfer rules are the same I just think you you see more in the southern section. I thought it was it was legislative. They they went free play basically for a little bit, and I think they they went back. But there there was a while there where they just didn't they didn't want to deal with having to go with lawyers and stuff. So well, then if I don't have the go. most up to date information but, on the southern section, I apologize. But that that's no, what but I, I mean, was, it happened. I mean, Miller Moss went from a Catholic school to another Catholic school just because, and was that was fine. So it, it happens there all the time. But I I, I don't because you don't. There's the reason I said that is because there's no argument over. Somebody, you can get away with the religion argument, but you can't do that. Well, and but, I think to me also, though, it's number of games that should be sat out. I don't think it I, – I, I just – I've said this. I've said this all along. I, I think – sorry, not to cut you off. Free transfers, as many as you want, but the punishment is and you can't play in the playoffs. If you're, if you're there because you want the exposure, <laughs> you're getting 10 games of exposure – you're, you're, okay, well, no, see, this is where I want to have this larger than football. This is a section-wide Okay, thing. fine, basketball, too. If, if you want to transfer to a bigger school because you, you are potentially saying, I need to be there because I need to get exposure from colleges, fine. But you're not going to get it out of four games. You're going to get it out of 25 if it's basketball or 30 if it's basketball. That's how you get it. Football, same thing. You're going to get it out of the 10 regular season games. If your team is one and done in the playoffs or if you're an open division team, that's potentially only one more game. I don't get it. It makes way more sense to me. Fine. If you're not there to you know, screw the system for a championship, then do what, be there what you're there for. If you're there for exposure, do that. More games. Well, let me, let me ask Colton real quick. You were a senior last year. Let's, let's push that back. You know, you, you missed some grades and, and, and you, you became a super senior at Hilltop this year. Um, what would your mindset be if you weren't able to play football at Hilltop? They were online only, or they're limited on class. They're just not doing athletics. Would you go? Where would you want to go if it had to be outside of the suite? Well, just like help us maybe play our because you're you're the youngest one here. Help us kind of play the hypothetical out of what your mindset would be if you were a senior in high school right now, and you didn't have anywhere in the Sweetwater District to play, and you could like where would you go if you had to sit out games? Would that affect your decision to stay at Hilltop or not? Kind of help me help me work through this. I'm pretty sure that especially your senior year, you'd want to you'd do anything you'd have to do to play because it's your last opportunity to play. So I think I would go to any school that would be able that would have me able to play. And honestly, sitting out games 
I think I'd be okay with doing that if it means I get to play at least a portion of a season. Because at the end of the day, if you get any portion of a season, it's worth it because it's your last chance to play and it's better than staying at the school and not playing at all. Danny, I'd love to get your take maybe on the side. And I know I'm bouncing around, so please, if you guys want to jump yeah. in with stuff. Um, but you, I think, have worked at one of, and now you work at another one of the schools that's probably most accused of recruiting, quote unquote, and all that kind of you know nonsense with bishops. But it really wasn't something where you guys could just like, what's that? I was going to say, we were recruiting at Bishop. We did a really bad job. Yeah, we only was- <laughs> had, uh, I mean, we only had... Uh, 28 total kids in the program. That's we didn't have JV. We didn't have we don't have a freshman team. There were nine freshmen on the sideline in that game uh, against El Camino. So, and and so if we were, we did a really really exactly exactly. So yeah. so to, but to me is is you can maybe dispel a little bit of the fakeness behind some of the people that would say oh if if more transfers were allowed and there wasn't any transfer penalties, small schools would just run the table on everything. Like that's a complete myth, right? Because you guys wouldn't be able to get everybody into bishops, correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's really with a lot of private schools. And I think the private schools get get the target because uh, we don't have a home district per se, right? You're a private institution. So your students could be coming from everywhere. So therefore the stigma is, hey, you're, you're pulling transfers. But, you know, I, I got to work at a public school for the last five months that gets a heavy number of transfers in. And, uh, and, and so uh, I've always believed that for a student to transfer, whether this be at the high school level, the college level, it should be beneficial for that person. And there might, there's probably a very good reason they're transferring. And sometimes, you know, nowadays it's, it, you, you see the athletic motivation for it, but, you know, I, I just think this is a, uh, this, this question here is, is, is one we could debate all day. Um, but ultimately I think I, I, I absolutely agree with Colton that, uh, that, it's ultimately about finding what's best for that student. And, and like you said, I, I think if you just transfer for like use the Bishop's example, if you just transfer for football there, it's hard. It's hard to make it there. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a high academic institution. If you transfer for just football to come to Christian, it's hard. We have standards that we hold and, and that's what our identity of the school is. And if you don't fit into the rest of it, uh, it there, there's so many factors that go into it. So, um, yeah, I just think uh, there are so many different avenues to go with transferring and we can probably pull up uh, so many different cases. But I think, uh, I mean, heck, there there are some high profile transfers during this this offseason anyways. And, and, and so... Um, I, I always believe that it should be the to the benefit of of the student, and and if it's if it ultimately it gets them to where they want to be, and it and they're in an environment that they are they're thriving in. Why? Who's it? What's so, it? Okay, so, so so here here's where I here's where I've been struggling with this all week. Is I see Mikey leave for ultimately what is a a business decision more than anything else, and. For those of you that maybe are not attuned into what, who Mikey Williams is, huge time influencer. He's a freshman at San Ysidro. Second they win this chance. Second best freshman <laughs> at San Ysidro. We nailed that gag all season long. <laughs> Holy hell, Jurian Dixon. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but to me, looking at it as a business decision, 
you have to almost sometimes, and it's stupid, but you have to separate out certain high school realities. Like divisions two through five of basketball do not operate in the same anything in terms of talent or depth or coaching mentality or where they're going in college or what AAU circuits they're playing on as kids in open division. And sometimes you just have to ask yourself, is it beneficial to just cater to we need to allow some of these schools to operate as freely and openly as mercenary business academies and take advantage of Mikey is here in San Diego. There needs to be zero restrictions around Terry no. Tucker to allow him I, to. I, I, which one? Hey, who wants to go off first? No, good. No, no. So, no. So, this is where I struggle with this because, guys. No. Okay. No. So, so, so this is what I want: an honest opinion and feedback on on what is so detrimental to that as as an entire section. Because we're education based athletics. Like you have club athletics. You have those things, and I. Mikey Williams is fun to watch play. Don't get me wrong. Mikey Williams is also just an analogy right now. This is not a personal attack or anything on any of these people. Nothing but love. And my point is that guy, Mikey Williams, Tyler Buckner, wasn't going to bring that up. Right. They are, they're not the norm. (laughs) They are the 0.001% of kids playing sports in San Diego. So who are we as an education-based entity supposed to be serving? We're supposed to serve everybody. And when you're making rules, your rules need to address the most people the most amount of time. And I think that while those are extreme circumstances, and I'm sure there are reasons that I can't even fathom, you know, when you're a 15, 16-year-old with something million followers on Instagram, why you're going to go do something. Mm. We, we need to have rules that serve kids in their communities and that went to schools for education. Um, not that they didn't. I'm just, those are the bulk of our people. I think that I'm, I'm just like Danny said, if, if a family chooses a better opportunity for their child or an opportunity that fits better for their child, go for it. Like you need to make that decision as long as it's the family doing it and it's not undue influence from an outside. Source. So, so, but what mm. does, what does allowing San Ysidro to gear up for a four year run where they are a nationally known brand of high school athletics because they are on every platform everywhere, bringing attention to San Diego, bringing fans into games and okay. They nuke every other league opponent. Like does that have an actual ripple effect out that hurts everybody in San Diego County? Well, it's already happened. Right, they're they're already a they're already a national brand. No, they're. I I would argue that losing Mikey Williams was a business decision, saying that he felt that they were not enough of a national brand, and that might be complete blaspheming. I, but I, I mean, I don't think you know. I, again, I don't think this is about. I a hundred percent agree with with Andrew, and I, I think we're looking at this at at the the brand level of, I don't think that has Mikey playing there. And I know we keep using him, but it's that he, he did something wonderful for that school. His time there was wonderful. Historic. Absolutely. historic. Like Terry Tucker crying on the court post that championship, the emotions felt in that something that I have not felt at very many title games, maybe the year that Doug Peabody and that whole, uh, t- you know, he survives a heart attack at Bishops and they end up winning a CIFC. Like, it was on that level of emotion. Like, there was an eliteness to it. Totally understand that he cr- he made history for San Diego. Loved it. Please continue. I think, uh, you know, just again, this goes right back to the focus. This, as much as we're talking about this being about a brand for a school mm. or, 
or maybe building that that program itself. Ultimately, it's not about the program or 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 the brand. It's about the kids. That's why we're in this. We're in this to help serve them. We're in this to to make them as as, as successful as they possibly can be. And and uh, you know, I don't know who. I've never met Mikey. I've gotten a chance to watch him, and he, he's incredible. And I think he's made a decision that's that's going to allow him to be uh, successful in his life because he's making a decision that 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 is it's going to make him successful. And and I think you can say this with a lot of guys that that end up transferring. It's if we, our focus is about just building our brand or just building our, ourselves up, then why are we doing this? What is the point of this? Mm. We're, we're, we're in the wrong business. You want to do that? Go, go, go coach college football. If it's about a brand, go coach it. I coached it. There, there, yes, you are trying to hold the brand, but that's not what's going to keep you together. The greatest college systems, the greatest college programs have the same mentality. It's about how do we make our, our players on that team better people. And, you know, there's a reason why we have one that, that is consistently winning championship games. And I, I, I got to work there for a year and a half. USD does a great job because they care about the people Ooh, that the are on USD the USD reference. That's a great tie-in. I love that. And I think USD wins championships not because, hey, we're a brand of USD. Come over here. By the mm. way, we don't have scholarships. No, you play at USD because – you want to be a part of something special. And those people, those coaches do a phenomenal job of investing in their, their players. And guess what happens? They Now we see, everyone knows who Jamal Agnew is. Everyone gets to see Reed Senate. I remember when Reed was a freshman. And Reed decided, who's obviously playing in the NFL right now, Reed said, hey, you know what? I'm going to sit for four years behind Anthony and, and, and learn because I love this place. That's what it's about. And that not not I love this place. I love these people. I love the people around me. I will so. jump in with a you you. It's almost weirdly prophetic that you tie in with USD because their baseball team the last two years has pushed all in on the local brand. Yeah, and I think that that's well, and and football too. Smart. If you look back at the recruiting class they had this past year, I mean, I can't give you the exact number, but so many guys that ended up there, which was just great to see of. Hey, it may not be the bigger name of elsewhere, but I get to stay home, play at a great place, a winning program that for the last few years is consistently in the FCS playoffs. And I think Bodie's, they've done a, what he said, they've done a tremendous job. Our, our center this year, Ryan Bill, ended up as part of that class. Oh my gosh, the deepest us, voice I've ever heard on this show. My gosh. <laughs> Love that kid. Thank you. And he's, he's awesome. Dad, you know, great family, but it was, Ryan, why'd you choose there? You know, he had some opportunities for invited walk-on stuff. It, it, I, coach, it felt like home. It felt like family. It felt like being here. Well, that's it, man. Like that, that's, you're developing for that right purpose. Um, before I forget this, I, I made a note when you guys were talking earlier. I don't know how Joe and, and Todd would rule on this specifically, but there is a rule about discontinued programs in the green book. If a program at a school is discontinued while you're there, you are allowed to transfer mm. without it impacting your eligibility. Mm. So I think if a school made a determination, hey, we're not going to field. You think that that would fall under discontinued? Year, I, think, you yeah, could, I think it's I think. Yeah, I mean, I at least wise, think back to a few years ago when Horizon shut down and there were still. Exactly. Obviously but so but that's a shut down. Like that's a, the school itself physically closed. Yeah, I'm saying but if, if, I mean, I see it the same way as if, if this athletic program is no longer offered at this school for mm -hmm. this year, two years, whatever it may be, I would have to think that that's immediate. Wouldn't they be worried? I would think so. But what about the situation of if 
like like if this mass exodus happens from from the Sweetwater Unified, do they let all the kids re return the following year? That's what I'm saying. That that seems like a, <laughs> it. It just all seems like yeah. a nightmare. It seems like there is no winning in any of this. In me trying to make arguments with these two, in me trying <laughs> to understand why Tommy wears these shorts. Tommy, please stand up and show everybody the shorts you are rocking right now. You got to because they match the shoes he had on the other day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you see, you see those neon joints that he's wearing. Like, is that a throwback to the nineties? Cool. Deal. Cool. I have two pairs of these. Um, I, I don't understand much of this, but I do. They have lining on the inside. They're very comfortable. So they're board shorts. No, they're workout shorts. It's not. It's like it's like uh, like compression short lining, not like board short lining. Deal. Um, yeah. Speaking of shorts, Danny, I once saw a photo of the Bishop's coaching staff wearing all khaki shorts. Um, any chance we can get that to be your official look at uh, at Christian? Like white polo shirts and khaki shorts? I don't know, man. I, I you know if that's the style that 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 puts a, that the that gives us a chance to to be successful, and then I guess that might be. The well, I, I know, I've, I've actually seen a lot of debate on this on Twitter whether or not football coaches should ever wear shorts on the sideline it should be all pants. It seems like maximum flexibility for him to run up and down the sidelines is what I'm saying. Maybe that's how, <laughs> that's how we hold him back. Put him in super tight pants so he can't run. Well, he was running and he was running those. Well, you were running those in Lulu's last year, right? Can I say that? And you, is that I'll, I'll wear those. Those are very comfortable. Brand. Yes. Uh, yeah. Should, should all coaches embrace wearing Lulu's on the sidelines? We'll put hey, that on the I'll poll. Tell you what, that is, that is because you guys all know our, our, our I mean, I I got to work under I think one of the the most incredible human beings on the planet with Joel Allen, and uh, he he is definitely everyone knows he, he's he is definitely making sure he's he's he looks good on the sidelines. So that the Lulu influences. I can't take credit for that, but uh, that is definitely a, a Joel Allen thing. <laughs> Look good, play good, coach good. <laughs> right, you, you right. You gotta have it. I think the more interesting question is the shoe action. Like, mm. how many people are, or what are we wearing on our feet on the sideline? Because I, I feel like I'm going to win that game. Ooh. Send us a picture. Send us a picture. What do you got, coach? Yeah. That's what we should do. Oh, my gosh. We do a tournament of coaches' team shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I, we should go to games instead of the highlights, just take pictures of all the coaches' shoes. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've reached one. The ones for this year. Okay. I haven't got to wear them yet. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. up. All right. Deal. And Danny, you got to bounce. Deal. Uh, We'll close up this show in general. Um, Home and away shoe, coach. You need a home and away shoe. I'm on it. And then a homecoming. Homecoming, like an alternate. (laughs) Danny, Danny, any good shoes to close out this bit? What are you wearing? Well, I just found out who I'm reaching out to to make our design. Wait, well, no, we're, okay, just, 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 we're gonna put you. We're gonna put you on blast here potentially. What are you wearing in general? What shoes? Well, I'm gonna ask Andrew. No, right now. I'm saying right, right this moment. What kind of shoes are you wearing? Well, we're in Adidas school right now, so. Uh, that's that's what we're going with. Oh, so, so he probably has some ugly Steph Curry dad shoes on right now, and he just doesn't <laughs> want to show us. I got some some dress shoes on. Okay. 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 Wait, hold those up. Hold those up. Hold those up. Great. Come on. Hold those back up. I gotta get a photo. I, this gotta go on the Insta. Oh man. This goes in the gallery with the meme. Yeah, dude, we're a weird show, man. Um, uh, look, I appreciate it. Colton, that's a good looking shoe. That's a good looking shoe. Yeah. Hey. Twelve dollars at Ross. Hey. All right, dress sho- dress shoes at Ross for the win on the poll. Yes or no at SD Prep Insider. Uh, Colton, you got a truck driver shoe type thing you're wearing right now with that dirty ass hat, hair look going, uh, going on. 
I'm a San Diego boy. I'm always barefoot, no matter what. Nice. Hey. hey. All right. Build strong feet. Okay, so do we all collectively <laughs> approve of the intern? We like him? Yeah. All right, cool. fair enough. Thank you, Colton. You're uh, much appreciated. Thank you, athletic director and head football coach at Christian High School, Danny Charles Mitchell. Um, we look forward to everything this year, including a lot of scrutiny towards your baseball program and their head coach. Uh, Andrew Clark from San Pasquale, we always appreciate you uh, tolerating our nonsense for just a little bit. Tommy Morris, at Real Tommy Morris, Bodie De Silva at SD Preps, uh, both uh, the guy for us and for Scorebook Live, Noah Laxina. Go on our Insta right now and vote between, is it just you two? What, Tommy, not, are you, not, no, I, you're, I, I, you're tapping no, out today? All right, now. so go on go on Insta at SD Prep Insider and vote on all the different polls we have, including the shoes of the day. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for checking in. We will talk to you next week.